list. So if when you see the invite, uh, please click to accept it. Thank you, Mayor. Excellent. Um, oh, I think I hear Jan, so. Okay, let's roll. Good afternoon, Honorable Mayor, members of the City Council. Thank you for joining us again for day two of the budget study session. Um, well, of course not. <laughs> um, please uh, remember we do have spots for questions, but feel free to stop me if you need to. And if you need a comfort break, just let me know. Um, today, our objectives are to um, get through the follow-up items from yesterday, look at the capital projects operations budgets, um, the five-year CIP plan. Um, we're going to look at the 23-24 capital projects priorities, public works priorities, and then if time permits, we kind of would like to jump into development service operations budgets and finish with public works ops budgets today. Go for it. Excellent. So our first follow-up from yesterday, um, Mayor Kelly had asked about the difference between committed and assigned fund balance, and so that's what these breakdowns are here for you. Um, committed are self-imposed city council set restrictions, and um, assigned are restrictions that the city manager is assigned um, by the city council, delegated by the city council. And then ultimately, at the end, if there is any balance left, that's your unassigned fund balance that can be used for projects or programs or what the city council sees fit. Um, so I wanted to update you on that. I did, we did send out the policy to each of you last night. Just want to make sure you got it. You're very welcome. On this page, um, what we wanted to talk about is the difference between um, what was presented to you yesterday as proposed for the policy thresholds versus what is actually in the policy and kind of explain the method of how we got there. Um, what precipitated looking at this was a few things. One, the CIP list and how extensive it was and the items that had been continuously carried over year after year and where we were at and what that meant for the reserve. Um, the second thing was we had the same sort of effect with our facilities maintenance. Um, when we did the reserve study, what they indicated was that um, over the course of five years, we would have $50 million of maintenance um, expenditures. And what we re recognized is over those five years, we actually only spent $8 million. And so we were carrying a reserve for facilities of about $40 million that really seemed unaccomplishable 
And given the fact that we only did eight million over five years, so we were trying to make a realistic estimation of what that should actually be and create some flexibility to get work done. Um, the other thing that precipitated this in truth was the whole fire discussion and what that does to the bottom line. And so creating flexibility to achieve the city council's goals and priorities, get these CIP projects done and the facilities done was actually our objective in looking at this. And so um, when you look at this um, table, what we focused on were the top four, um, general fund operating reserve and emergency reserve that was where we talked about looking at GFOA and what their best practices was, what are stated as. And they're saying a minimum threshold of 16.7 of either operating reserve or emergency reserve. Um, the next step I took personally was um, researching what large cities are doing currently and what that looks like assuming that they would be more sophisticated in you know, what they were doing. And the majority of them were using the 16.7 guideline. Um, what was fascinating to me is each of them had reports recently post-pandemic saying that they were working their way back to the 16.7% threshold, and that terrified me. Um, but moving on from there, um, what gave me a little bit of comfort is that we maintain both of those. So essentially, we have a 33% reserve. And I know I mentioned yesterday, um, personally, what I've always looked at and been told is 50% is the minimum threshold you want to hold. Um, so we were working our way back there, and that's it felt comfortable to me. Um, as far as the facilities maintenance reserve, again, what we looked at was the number of projects that were not being accomplished and what seemed realistic. And at the end of the study, what it said was, if we were accomplishing the tasks that they thought we should annually, there should be this um, bottom line of about 20 to $18 million. And so to back into that, the $18 million was the equivalent of 30% of the annual reserve that they were requiring of us. And that's where we came up with that $18 million number moving forward. That seemed a little more in line with what we could accomplish given we had only done $8 million and now that we're ramping up with projects in the future. With the CIP reserve, it has that same sort of effect. We've had all these projects. When you look at, um, we'll get to the summary soon. When you look at that, over five years, we have about $200 million in projects that we're saying we're gonna get done. And we have to reserve 20% 20 20 of that $200 million. That's a big number. It's another $40 million number. And is it, are we better served reserving it or actually using it to accomplish those projects so that it reduces our reserve? And so that's what we were looking at on those four items. Um, the only other one that we looked at was the other fund stability reserve. And what that is is for transfers out that the general fund makes to like fire and the um, aquatic center and any other fund. Um, what we realized there is it was being doubly counted. So it was a duplication. It was included in the general fund operating reserve. And so um, I removed it from the operating reserve and then just applied the same 16.7 measure to that number as well. And so when we get to the next page, so this is the picture of the reserve as approved based on policy. Um, when you add back in the 25% of operating reserve, the 20% of emergency reserve, and um, the facility and CIP reserves, what that does is 
it creates a nice flow going out as far as what our total reserve required um, is, but it reduces that unassigned fund balance. So that flexibility is completely gone in the first year. Um, it doesn't change the fact that operations still has an issue at the end of the day, but it does create um, a much quicker um, way to not be able to fund projects. Oh, and I'm so sorry. I didn't mention what we did change on this, on what we did add to this was um, with Gina's mention of Desert Surf, we reallocated the $20 million bond funds to the North Sphere Community Park and the North Sphere Regional Park. So a portion of each of those is covered by that $20 million. And so it reduced that obligation that potentially could be on the general fund. So then this is the same picture with those adjusted amounts and it just creates that flexibility at the bottom of the unassigned fund balance. Um, whether council decides to use those amounts for those projects or not is entirely up to them, but that was the, the gap that we were trying to establish so that there would be that flexibility over the next five years. Um, again, it doesn't change the operations, but um, that was kind of the goal we were looking at. Uh, thank you for all of this. Um, and of course, today is not a time for decision, but as you review our work uh, from these two days, I, for one, want to encourage you not to see the choice on this as all or nothing. You know, either keep the pre-existing policy without change or change it entirely as suggested. Uh, because the case in regard to facilities and CIP is more clear uh, to me as one council member um, than the case in regard to the emergency reserve. Um, you've got a track record now as to how much is actually needed for the operating reserve to accommodate cash flow. So you can make that case to us that the GFOA standard is sufficient in our circumstances. Um, but the emergency reserve, and I would suggest that it's different, has a distinct purpose from the liability reserve. I really see the emergency reserve as pandemic, earthquake, you know, huge impact on operations. And um, that's, that's the proposed change that's most troublesome uh, to me. And as you reassess this and prepare materials for formal action, I think it would be good for us to see the GFOA supporting information. Okay. Others? 
I concur, Madam Mayor, on the um, policy that was provided. Thank you, staff, for, for issuing that. On, let's see, page four of seven, the footnote at the very bottom of the page, it states, after the financial crisis in 2008, the fluctuation in the city's revenue was approximately 20% of the 2007 and eight budget, or $11 million, et cetera. I won't read everything to you, but it says, it took approximately eight years to reestablish the revenue base to pre-2008 levels. So my concern is we shouldn't see that the pandemic is, is completely over. We need to be a little bit more conservative, especially as we know that um, there are economic hardships ahead. Um, you mentioned during the, um, well, what you were just talking about, sorry, and, and talking about uh, reallocating $20 million from Desert Surf over to the North Sphere Regional Park. And I'm seeing here in the unfunded requests, still $40 million estimated uh, with bonds to pay for the park. Does that then need, does that mean we're gonna spend 60 million on the North Sphere or does that number need to be readjusted? No, I'm so sorry. Um, so on the left side, you're gonna see what the actual cost is, the 10 million and the 30 million for those two parks. If you go all the way to the right, I don't know if you're on, you're oh. on the blue one. It's only 10 million that's allocated to the general fund. The rest of it would be coming out of bonds. Got it. Perfect, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, there are no other questions. I'll move on to the next follow-up item. Um, this is related to the TOT question on actuals from 2022. Um, in March of last year, we pulled in about $3.14 million. I had staff collect the numbers. They were due April 30th, so we're still getting um, checks in today. Um, but we have about $3.4 million for March so far. Um, what I did with my projections to get to the $21 million for next year was I actually used actuals from 2022 for March through June. So. We are right in line with them. I feel a little bit comfortable seeing that. So there are no questions, I'll move on. So there was also the question about unfunded projects and improvements. Um, the ones that we are aware of are the North Sphere Regional Park, the North Sphere Community Park, Palm Desert Library, um, citywide undergrounding. Um, given the presentation that we had yesterday, possibly a housing authority um, capital improvement support. Um, the fire station renovations, um, in the event the assessments exceed the estimate that we have from a couple years ago, um, that potentially is on board. And then also phase two and three of the development services um, office space renovations. Those are the ones that I'm aware of right now. Um, when we talk about facilities and the list that we have from the reserve study, staff still going through that to determine what actually has been done or needs to be done that isn't already concluded in budget. So once we have that, we'll provide that. Okay. Are there any other questions on that? Okay. Then we will go ahead and jump into capital projects and I will hand it over to Jess Culper. Good afternoon, Mayor and City Council. Uh, my name is Jess Culpepper, Director of Capital Projects. I'm gonna be running through the Capital Projects Department budget with you. Um, we'll jump right into the major initiatives for fiscal year 23-24. Uh, one, implement new project management processes and software to more effectively track and execute projects. 
Uh, two, utilize newly added internal and contract staff resources to more efficiently support and complete various capital projects. And three, continue to focus significant department resources on completing and prog uh, progressing priority capital projects, uh, which we'll review in a little bit more detail in an in a upcoming slide. Uh, cost containment measures. Uh, we're continually searching for grant opportunities, uh, leveraging grant and non-general fund uh, funding sources, um, most notably uh, with HSIP funds or Highway Safety Improvement Program funds, ATP, SB 821 funds, and, and funding sources of that nature. Um, here's a, a snapshot of the capital project's budget. Um, we have uh, 10 full-time full uh, positions, two of which are vacant currently. Um, as uh, Veronica mentioned yesterday, um, we are a new department. This will be our first full fiscal year this upcoming year. And uh, um, so with that, uh, salaries for most positions and really the budget in general were previously included in the Public Works Administration budget in prior years. So just really quickly to add, I did add the positions on each of the pages and I will send them out to you guys as soon as we're done. So this is the five-year CIP summary. You have the detail in your packet on page 83. Um, the summary shows the various breakdowns of the different types of projects we're anticipating over the next five years. Um, as you can see in 23-24, the lion's share is facilities as far as having the biggest um, square there on the graph. Um, and they are varied throughout the five years. As I mentioned earlier, the total over the five years with the carryover is about $200 million. And as mentioned in, uh, previously, this is our uh, priority uh, projects list that we wanted to break down a little bit more. Uh, we anticipate the projects listed uh, will be completed or have significant progress this upcoming fiscal year. Um, these represent are related to some of our, our major and significant drainage projects, related um, also projects related ATP and some of our, our main structural projects. Um, some of those projects include uh, the Haystack Channel Rehabilitation, Section 29 uh, Regional Detention um, Basin uh, Expansion, uh, PD Link, CV Link Enhancements, Haystack Road Traffic Calming Improvements, which will be Phase 2, uh, Walk and Roll, Development Services Office Space Improvements, which is the lobby project, uh, and the building of Fire Station 102. So now we'll ask Randy to come up and give, or is Martine? I'm sorry, Martine's giving the presentation on Public Works. Good afternoon, Mayor, members of the City Council. Um, I'd like to also run through um, the 23-24 fiscal year Public Works priority list um, you have here on this chart all of the projects that we will be endeavoring um, starting up with the neighborhood traffic calming project uh, this is a program that we will be studying three the city in three different categories or three different locations to assess what improvements can be done to traffic calming and safety uh, and we're currently in the process of uh, reinserting re some community meetings to get more feedback uh, so that we can make informed decisions <clears throat> The Aquatic Center, as we mentioned before, has some deferred maintenance uh, that we will be tackling in the next fiscal year and in other fiscal years beyond that. Uh, we mentioned the uh, two parks in the north 
part of the city, the uh, community park and regional park that are currently under conceptual designs. Uh, Palma Village improvements will include a significant amount of uh, new uh, uh, re, uh, re, I guess, repurpose amenities and clean up some amenities to make the park more viable for the community. And that's Palm Village, it's just uh, south of us here at San Pablo um, and uh, near the um, uh, Jocelyn Community Center. Um, of course, we're going to be uh, updating our Civic Center dog park uh, with some improvements. Uh, the big major push next year will also be the Parkview building, which we will be assessing its condition, uh, establishing a game plan for future years and, and renovating of uh, infrastructure. But the big portion of it will include a facade enhancement uh, by which we will evaluate and bring that building up to today's current standards, uh, both aesthetically and, and actually uh, from a functional standpoint. Um, the Artisan Center at, at the Galen, uh, we have some projects there planned, uh, primarily to look at the older uh, systems, including the roof, air conditioning systems, uh, and other, um, and repainting the, the facility as well. Uh, the facilities maintenance master plan, that's something that we've started this year. We'll uh, assessing all of our facilities comprehensively, again, establishing that, that larger view of uh, renovating and updating our facilities as needed. Uh, the corporation yard, uh, there's some deferred maintenance there and our break room, restrooms, um, and other amenities uh, that will improve uh, security uh, and uh, access uh, for that facility. And of course, uh, <clears throat> fire station 67, again, uh, some minor deferred maintenance that we'll be tackling uh, to make sure that, uh, excuse me. To make sure that uh, that facility is up to speed um, with uh, the improvements that are needed, some primarily to bathrooms, uh, flooring, uh, and also to some ADA improvements. Um, and as you see there, you'll have the uh, breakdowns for each of the costs per fiscal year. And I am available to answer any questions. Uh, just real quick, what uh, are the dog park improvements that are proposed? We spent some time there. I'm just curious what to look forward to. I'm going to ask Randy to come up and give you some more detail on that. He's got the full, the full picture. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor, City Council members. Um, the, so the dog park improvements, um, there are a couple things. Um, the photometrics of the lights, uh, it's terrible lighting out there. Um, some of the light centers out there are rusting. Uh, so we want to go in there and redo all the lighting. And also uh, the irrigation um, is substandard. It creates a lot of mud issues and whatnot. We've been hearing a lot of those. We've heard it um, several times. So we're hoping to address all those issues in, in this one project. Randy, before you go, are the misters currently working? Yes, they are. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Madam Mayor. As I, I see the progress that's going on and the appreciation of the detail, are these listed in order of priority or project completion or are they arbitrary? And if not, how can we get a list of what you've identified in terms of priority? These are not listed in order of, uh, from top to bottom in priority. These are priorities that we'll be tackling simultaneously for the fiscal year. But if the council would like us to look at that uh, exercise, we can. In other words, it's a horizontal list. They're all top priority. <laughs> yeah, one, one of the things you'll see with both the 23-24 the CIP and public works uh, facilities lists are 
we've really been stressing uh, projects and work plans that can be completed. Because when they're not, that we're carrying uh, du sometimes duplicative fund balances in the general fund for them. So we basically got, um, have been working with our directors to say, if you can't get it completed, design it one year and construct the next, but let's not hold fund balance reserves there because it, we're, we're making decisions based on other policy uh, discussions, based on you being able to get things done. So what you're seeing are work plans they believe that they can deliver to you. Mayor, I have a question. Yes, sorry, I missed your hand. That's okay. On the, on the Aquatic Center, when we had the presentation, uh, it was also mentioned perhaps adding different types of slides and amenities to attract more people and make it more financially solvent. Uh, I don't believe these numbers would reflect any of it. Will we at some point have a another study session then on the aquatic center itself? The answer is yes. Uh, we had that discussion with Park and Rec this morning regarding uh, potentially adding some more amenities out there. What we asked them um, for is um, a few months to continue our uh, fee discussion with the council to get you comfortable with the resident, non-resident fee uh, structures. We're also working on a, a grant program for uh, folks that might not have the ability to pay, trying to get you comfortable there. Once we have that information and can project out what the fees look like and get caught up on the deferred maintenance side, we'll be able to do a little bit better job for you in terms of if we add an amenity, what happens to the reserves. But right now, um, we, it, it would be a guess. We need a, we need a year of behavior. Uh, what happens when we start increasing fees there to because at some point we're going to hit a a point of diminishing returns and that's the discussion that we're having right now we're, we'll get that plan in place get you comfortable with it get caught up on the deferred maintenance and uh, we've also got to uh, finalize the pdac management contract because that is it looks like it's going to increase our subsidy into the um in, in the pdac next year once we get that finalized then we can, once we have those fixed points, we can do that analysis for you on adding additional amenities, whether it make, whether you feel it makes sense or not, depending on how much people are going to be willing to pay to enter into PDAC. Thank you, Todd. Me too. I, I wanted to mention, I know we talk about adding amenities, um, which also then adds on to operations and maintenance. And one of the issues, and it was stated during uh, the presentation, is the size, the depth of the pool. Um, do you characterize that as deferred maintenance or how do we address that issue? Well, that's been interesting. We actually have put that to the side and have not put any budget money towards it right now. Um, once we have the discussion with the YMCA and, and basically I asked them to increase the salaries to see if that wouldn't help with the recruiting, they have essentially doubled their staff in the last two months and been able to get back. So. I'm not, I'm not hearing from them that the depth of the pool is an issue so much anymore now that they are paying people enough to attract their interest in the job and they've had a number of people, I think it was 20 or two dozen folks getting certified recently. Okay. So we've put that issue to the side and we're focusing on other issues such as rehabbing the bathrooms, chiller units, those sorts of things. And I agree with all of that. I know we need to make sure that it's, um, we invest in our investment. I just want to make sure, though, when we look at the depth of the pool and uh, those issues that we also pay attention to, what does it cost in water, in the chemicals, 
in the maintenance with, I, I think it's great now we have staff and I, and I know that was critical that we address that issue. I just wanna make sure we're not just kind of polishing something up that is going to later on be a problem. Great, we got through that really quickly. So we will jump ahead to slide 105, please, Anthony. And I'll just affirm the reason this is going quickly is that staff has done such a good job of giving us appetizers in recent months, so it's easier for us to digest. So we will go ahead and hand it off to Richard Canoni on Development Services. Good afternoon, Mayor Council. How are you? Richard Canoni, uh, Director of Development Services. Uh, what I'd like to uh, first touch on is uh, of the Development Services Department, we've got three divisions. And so our first uh, division that's up is our Planning and Land Development, which also includes uh, the administration, which is uh, myself and, and uh, Rosie, as well as the Executive Assistant. Um, some of our, our major initiatives that we'll be working on uh, this coming fiscal year is uh, assisting with the future land use planning and specific plan for the mall site, uh, adoption of the residential and mixed use objective design standards that was uh, approved last week, uh, as well as update to the university neighborhood specific plan. Um, once the uh, park gets, um, that, that process gets finaled, we anticipate rolling into the uh, update of that, of that um, uh, neighborhood plan. Uh, we also have in the uh, budget uh, some zoning code cleanup and modernization. There's a number of internal inconsistencies. We still have a lot of the old language um, from uh, 1973 when the code was initially adopted. Not that it's it's bad, um, but there's just some modernization of terms and and things. We don't we aren't necessarily looking at wholesale uh, policy changes, but more of just uh, modernizing and, and cleaning up some items, uh, as well as uh, some cleanup uh, of the uh, of the general plan. Uh, in addition, uh, we've uh, have moved uh, the Cultural Resource and Preservation Committee uh, from uh, the building division where where it uh, previously lived uh, into this division. Uh, and we're in the process now um, uh, going through and, and creating a work plan with, with that committee. Uh, so we have another meeting with them uh, on Friday morning. Uh, so we're going through a similar process that uh, you went through with, with your goal setting session. So we've adopted that process uh, with, this, uh, with this committee. Um, one of the items related to that is uh, what we think would be beneficial is obtaining the certified local government designation through the state. Uh, once a municipality um, receives that designation, uh, it's through the California Office of Historic uh, Preservation. It's funded through the Department of Interior, and what they do is they provide funding to every state um, for their historical resources, and then each of those um, state agencies, if you are a certified local government, you have access to those grant funds. And so we think that's something that, as that work plan gets developed, it's something that we could, uh, a resource that we could tap into uh, to, uh, to keep those costs uh, from a budgetary perspective down. Um, in addition, uh, continuing to uh, update our webpage, expand our GIS capabilities, really wanting to, to be able to provide more information for residents if they're looking for a development approval, uh, just making it easier, linking it to properties. And, and um, so that's something that, that we'll continue to work on. Uh, assisting in the um, uh, uh, finalization or creation of the engineering design standards. Uh, as well as working with economic development and housing 
um, implementing the, the, a variety of, of initiatives that were, um, that were included in our housing element. I think there were some reporting, um, uh, community meetings, uh, as well as some uh, minor zoning changes, uh, zoning code changes uh, to reflect some of the uh, mandates from the various bills that were passed. And then in addition to that, um, working on implementing um, uh, AB 2234, uh, which is the post-entitlement streamline review, and so that's something that, that we have to have in place. We're already starting it, uh, but it needs to be in place by uh, January 1. And so those are some of the major initiatives for, uh, for that division. Uh, some of the cost uh, containment measures, and you'll see this, these three bullet points uh, spread throughout, um, is ensuring that there's cross-training, not just within our division, but across divisions. Um, really changing and focusing our service delivery on this continuous process improvement, uh, truly creating that, that one-stop shop. And then as we develop these uh, policies, procedures, making sure we have baseline data as, as far as what our metrics are. And then again, adopting that continuous improvement and then seeing how we can refine through the year. So that, through, through each uh, subsequent year. So that's where we are on um, planning and land development. What that translates to uh, is a, a budget of, of uh, just short of 2.7 million. Uh, some of the, the major or one-time significant budget increases uh, include those, um, those projects that I, that I highlighted. Uh, so you'll see that um, uh, those, uh, those figures associated with each of them. I won't mention them all again. Um, the only other item I wanted to point out is uh, for supplemental staffing on the land development uh, plan check and support. Uh, we have 600,000. Um, it, that has been spread out through the various, uh, through building and planning. So what we've done here is just consolidated it under the uh, planning and land development uh, section. Our, uh, our next uh, division is uh, building safety and code compliance. Uh, some of the major initiatives are the solar streamline initiative, um, continuing to expand virtual inspections. Uh, really working with the permit center to stream, streamline and simplify online plan review and permitting, um, consolidating business license inspections for better efficiency, uh, the ability to schedule inspections online and improve the management of, of inspections to give better lead time to, uh, to both our, our homeowners and, and uh, contractors, um, a commercial landscape inventory, enforcement and education. This is something that's currently in the works, uh, making sure we have the very latest uh, landscape plans and then understanding that there has been some changes, but also um, uh, working with IT and actually developing an app for the, for the uh, inspectors in the field. So they're able to look at, at older aerials to be able to determine what, what landscape material has been removed. And so that's something that, that um, uh, we wanna continue into next year. And then really um, uh, working on reinstituting a shop, shopping cart um, retrieval program and then uh, assisting in the enforcement of the various mandates as it relates to waste hauling, composting, et cetera. Um, the, the similar, again, the uh, cost containment measures. One thing I will mention under the cross-training across divisions, um, making sure that everybody is certified, uh, but we're also looking at um, at least our chief, who is currently our, our building chief, um, not just our um, uh, building official, but also our um, senior inspector, making sure that they have their certifications in plan review. So if we do see a downturn or, or a change in, 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 um, in economy, uh, we're able then to perhaps pull back on the contract services that we have and then making sure that everyone's trained up so then they can perform that function uh, as, a, as, the, as the senior inspector. So those are some of the cost containment measures um, in, in that division. 
And really quick, just to capitalize on what Richard's saying about the cost for the outsourcing um, for these services, we are currently um, going through the fee study with uh, Wildan, and um, what Richard has gone through with his team is looking at it from a different perspective and ensuring that we're making it more um, easy for customers and also that we can um, recoup our expenses um, that are going to be incurred with these costs. Oh, while, while Richard's catching his breath, could I quickly ask, I did not know that the shopping cart retrieval program needed to be reinstituted. When did it cease to operate? I'm going to call on Pedro um, to see if he can provide some background. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor, members of the City Council. The program is handled by Public Works. I guess funding uh, was stopped many years ago, around 2015, for the program, so that kind of fell back on staff. We do have a company that has their own contract with some of the stores, but it doesn't help with picking up the shopping carts that are unidentified, full of homeless uh, items, or that are just junk and destroyed in certain areas where they're just not retrievable. So I am in the process of getting a contract put together that should be active in about a week or two. And once we get that service back online, they'll be able to assist us and take that load off of our public works department. Okay, so continuously public works has been picking up uh, empty shopping carts that need to be returned to their retail location. That is correct. Okay. But we also have some changes in the law that would allow Public Works now in our current ordinances coming forward that would allow them to take a little bit more action and then us on the enforcement side to deal with the retailers that don't want to come on board with programs so that we can have some um, ways to find them or assess them for the carts that they're not taking responsibility for. Thank you. You're welcome. I got my breath, uh, <laughs> at least for now. Uh, one of the uh, just one-time significant uh, uh, increases, uh, at least for, on the building side, uh, is the uh, supplemental staffing. That's that building plan, plan check and support. Uh, we have uh, 300,000 uh, for, proposed for, for next year. And then for, uh, for code compliance, um, you'll see there, while there, it looks like there's a, a significant um, Decreased in the amount. We did have a, a transfer of a, um, a one of the positions into the permit center, um, as well as uh, a software um, that we were paying for for our, our business licensing that now has transitioned into IT. So it's not that there was this huge huge cut. Um, it's just a, a shift shift of those funds. Uh, one thing I, I do want to uh, highlight is uh, with respect to animal regulation. Um, this is something um, we are now. If you recall, when that contract was approved uh, some years ago with uh, Riverside County. Uh, we are now at, at the point where we have 100%, we're at 100% cost recovery. Uh, so we are seeing significant um, increases right now uh, in sheltering costs. And I think that's due in part to um, uh, the number of animals that are being euthanized is, being, is, is less than, than um, prior years. And so they are staying there longer. And so that cost is, is uh, passed on to us. So, 
Um, we are seeing some, some high you know, um, bills these past couple months uh, as, it, as it relates to that. Um, and last but not least is our permit center. Um, this is something that we're, um, we have a lot going on right now. Um, some of the major initiatives include um, completing all of the process mapping and creating staff guides and procedures and, and really updating all applications checklists, making sure that we have all of our, everything outlined so when we do ultimately transition to a new permitting software, um, we, we hope that to not have issues that we've seen a lot of other municipalities have uh, where they don't have those processes uh, mapped, documented. Um, so we wanna make sure that, that we, have, uh, we have all of those uh, um, completed. Also helps for new staff uh, when, um, when they start. Um, looking at streamlining and expanding online submittals through eTrackit. Uh, currently we have, I think, five applications, so we're looking to uh, really develop and, and, and have all applications being able to be uh, submitted uh, online. Um, what we've also done is uh, created a regulatory and licensing component, again, focusing on that one-stop shop. Um, and so that was one of the uh, staff members who helped um, uh, really implement the short-term rental program with, with Deckert has now moved to, um, into the permit center. And so she's really handling short-term rentals, um, also business licensing, cannabis licensing, and so any of those regulatory type permits and licensing, that way they're all focused in one where we don't have them spread out through the, through the multiple divisions. Um, looking at uh, further enhancing that, that land management system um, and, and to gain efficiencies and start to standardize some of that work. Um, again, we talked about creating uh, or having the ability to do on, uh, schedule online inspections, and again, expanding that, those GIS capabilities with links to permitting. Um, for cost containment measures, they're, they're the same. Um, one thing that we're also doing with uh, what we want to get to at least in the next year, um, towards the end, at least quarter three or four of next year, is really starting to train um, some of the, the permit techs in doing some small plan review, uh, swimming pools, for example, and so once we have those processes um, outlined, um, documented, as well as, as those uh, procedures, um, if there's kind of that stand, what we'll call that standard work, as long as everything fits within the side of that box, uh, give them, empower them with the ability to make those, uh, make those, those um, to do those reviews and approve them without having to route um, a number of things to, to planning staff if they're, if they're straightforward, simple reviews. And that equates to just under uh, 600,000 for the uh, permit center. Um, really no major, um, you know, major uh, additional expenses here. We did include some uh, funds for professional services uh, to, um, for the consultant to continue to assist in helping us uh, map, those, uh, map those processes. And I think that was it. Any questions? Any questions? Thank you for the progress on online scheduling of inspections and virtual inspections. Uh, I really appreciate the responsiveness to our users. Thank you. Uh, Veronica, do we just have public works left? That's it. Let's. Take a 10 minute cookie break. <laughs>
So we will jump right into Public Works and hand it over to Martine Alvarez. I'll wait for her. Good afternoon again. Um, we're going to go through our Public Works uh, budgets, uh, different divisions. Uh, Randy Chavez will be assisting me you know, with some of the other uh, facilities and parks uh, divisions. Uh, but to start off, we have the administrative uh, administration budget. Uh, we have some key initiatives that we're going to continue to move forward. Um, we have some new software uh, called Cartograph. Cartograph. Um, this is our asset management tool. Uh, we've been going through significant trainings over the last several months, um, and uh, we will look forward to implementing the program uh, throughout all of our divisions for next fiscal year. This uh, Cartograph uh, software uh, will assess all of our assets throughout the cities in different uh, types of areas. Uh, we will integrate it with Rock Solid, which is our basically our work order system of anything that is needed to be repaired or addressed throughout the community. Uh, we're also going to be integrating that software with our GIS system. <clears throat> Other initiatives uh, include just continuing to improve our budget controls and cost management for all of our different uh, areas uh, and projects. Uh, we will continue to uh, increase our collaboration with, between divisions and departments. Uh, and also a key uh, directive will be for us to standardize our process uh, procedures, procedures for payments, uh, processing, working with the finance department, uh, and processes when it relates to project management. Um, and of course, we'll continue to support our uh, new C uh, capital programs department. <clears throat> um, just so, some of the uh, cost containment measures uh, we're going to continue to address. Uh, and pay attention to deferred maintenance uh, to make sure that we're not incurring longer-term costs uh, that could be uh, associated with not addressing current needs. Uh, we're going to be strategic uh, in our investments uh, in training our staff in project management. Uh, we're going to try to use all of our tools, resources, and some of our consultants that we currently have uh, hired. This is a look at the administrative administration budget, uh, starting with just the uh, public works admin uh, or column. You'll see there's a significant uh, decrease there from 2.9 to 1.7. That is uh, as relates to what was mentioned earlier. The capital programs uh, department has been uh, removed from this budget, uh, and now it's a standalone department. Under the public works fleet, uh, we have a minor increase there, uh, mainly associated with fuel cost increases and um, just repair and maintenance of our uh, fleet as well has gone up. On the public works courtyard, uh, you'll see an increase as well. Uh, we, we're seeing increases uh, contemplated or projected for utilities, uh, repair and maintenance, um, and also some one-time uh, uh, improvements to the corporation yard. Under the NPDES uh, stormwater permit, uh, there has been an increase there uh, from uh, 65 to 85. That's just a standard cost allocation uh, that we, we're responsible for. I'm going to turn this over to Randy Chavez, and he'll walk us through facilities and parks. Good afternoon. So the uh, major initiatives for next fiscal year, um, we're developing a building uh, inventory and assessment management plan. Uh, this will be for all city-owned buildings and our parks. And the purpose of this plan is to uh, provide a, a preventative maintenance plan, but also give us a cost analysis for those um, repairs. 
Uh, we're going to continue working um, at the Parkview Office Complex with Mark's architect. Um, we are, uh, just a reminder, they're doing design um, uh, services out there and engineering uh, needs as well for ADA and other um, uh, projects that need to be, uh, to bring the building up to speed. We're also working on new roofs uh, at the Artist Center and the City Hall here at the Council Chambers, but we're actually going to move that one up this fiscal year because the need, um, it's, uh, it's great and we need to get on that quickly. Uh, fencing at several of our facilities uh, will also be um, installed. And uh, we're also going to focus on health and safety uh, issues at our fire stations. Uh, there's an ongoing assessment right now for 33 and 71, but we still want to address the immediate needs. So we don't want to leave those behind. Uh, also working on painting at several of our facilities, and we're also working on improving our safety at our facilities as well. Cost containment measures uh, were accomplished by bundling multi-contracts together. This way we're able to uh, have a con con several contractors on long-term and we're able to issue task orders. And if a contractor is not available uh, to complete the project or begin the project, we're able to go to another vendor. So we're, all, we're able to streamline uh, work, but also get a, a fair and competitive price as well. And we're also working on, when performing the work, we're also um, in, improving energy efficiency and keeping that in mind, uh, such as uh, adding LED lights and other uh, uh, water saving measures. If we go to the uh, the budget, so the major increases uh, for facilities was we added a new employee, we added a project manager. Also, the utility rates uh, have gone up, SEE and, and the CVWD, but also prevailing wage has have gone up across the board with a lot of our vendors. So they're all asking for um, increases uh, to cover those uh, rates. Next slide. And I'm going to go uh, pretty quickly because it's we have a pretty aggressive uh, list for next fiscal year. And feel free to stop me if I need to slow down. So we're continuing to work on the aquatic center. We, uh, like Todd mentioned, there's a lot of deferred maintenance out there. We started the locker rooms this year, but uh, we're going to work on shade structures, more um, play equipment that the uh, PDEC folks um, requested, uh, installing a generator. Uh, also uh, painting the exterior of the facility. We're also going to uh, add a shower area as well. Uh, we're also working in the, uh, trying to, uh, I'm sorry, my eyes are failing me here. Uh, we're gonna finalize construction plans for the community uh, park in the north of Palm Desert. This is for the one next to the JHA development. Uh, we're also working on JPIA um, safety issues that uh, uh, they notified us that we need a uh, repair such as playgrounds. Uh, we're going to continue working on our sports courts. I know there was uh, a lot of talk about pickleball, so we want to address uh, those concerns as well uh, next fiscal year. Uh, we're working uh, to uh, make the Palma Village improve, uh, improvements. That's an ongoing uh, uh, project, and we hope to get that completed next fiscal year. Uh, we're also working on... Um, continue working on our smart irrigation controllers, our refreshing our media and landscaping, and, uh, and, and then installing LED lighting at our facilities um, as, as uh, practical. 
uh, we're installing the restroom at Homie Adams Park. And we're also um, going to go back and revisit some of our community garden uh, planter boxes. They're starting to fail, specifically at the Guadalupe Garden. And we're, we are intending to re uh, replace those. So again, we're for cost containment measures, we um, bundle several projects together, uh, long-term uh, five-year contracts for playground and sports courts uh, repairs. Uh, and this is to achieve an economy of scale um, with these contracts. And uh, we're also awarding to multiple vendors where possible. That way we're not just uh, awarding to one vendor. Um, so uh, that, that'll be a new uh, uh, trend that we'll be seeing going forward. So our budget um, increase, um, if we see the Civic Center, um, uh, Civic uh, city Citywide Park improvements, um, that decreased uh, slightly, but our Civic Center Park um, did increase, um, and this was due to, uh, again, just salaries, uh, rate increases uh, for uh, utilities. Uh, we also had our uh, Arbor Day event this past week, so we added uh, uh, funds uh, for next fiscal year uh, to continue that. And also um, our vendors, several of our maintenance vendors, they requested a CPI increase because of uh, prevailing wage rates. Next slide. And we get to the Aquatic Center, um, and we see that there's a huge rate increase uh, due to the payroll. Um, that we've been discussing over the past several meetings, and also uh, the different maintenance and uh, repairs that are needed to be done at the Aquatic Center. We started this fiscal year. We're gonna continue that next fiscal year as well. And I'll be happy to answer any questions. I know it's a lot of information, but if there's any questions, I'll be happy to take some now before we proceed. I have a question. You were talking about the in the community gardens and specifically the ones at Guadalupe, and that the planter boxes are failing. Is that the same material that we use? It was recycled from concrete and bottles and... Yes. Okay, I have concerns about that, and I, I know it's not the first time I've mentioned it to, I mean, not to you, This, but others have heard me. Uh, it's the same material that we used for the trash cans, the recycling bins, and the, the garbage bins, trash bins, and benches on El Paseo. It's all failing. They all have significant cracks in it. And I, I think we need to do something about it, and certainly I'm sure that they have a, some level of responsibility with the material they provided and the design of all of those structures. So I don't know where we go, but I think we need to take a look at it. Yes. Um, to answer your question, we were waiting on the Lupine project um, to see if that was going to uh, take uh, have legs and take off. The plan was to m match their site furnishings to the rest of um, El Paseo. However, um, since that's still up for discussion, and these furnishings uh, need to be replaced quickly. Uh, one of the things that we want to do is work with um, uh, our uh, Vanessa and uh, maybe come up with some uh, design options that the merchants would approve and maybe go about it independently. 
So I, I, I agree that they need to be replaced. We have reached out to the manufacturer. He's MIA. I'm not sure if he's, he's still in business. So at this point, we're just going with concrete at the garden um, boxes in Guadalupe. I, my question pertains to the increased rates in, in utilities. That's something that's inevitable. Is there something that is padded incrementally to forecast additional rates? We've seen the trend. We know it's getting worse. So that's my first question. With that, um, I'll bring up our uh, Bertha Gonzalez. I know she um, works a lot with our utilities. And I know she does, a, um, does her best to forecast, but uh, she could weigh in on that a little bit more. He just wanted to make sure you didn't sit there all that time without, <laughs> just your, give me my time. without your moment. <laughs> Correct. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we do. We try to forecast um, based on history, and then we also try to increase it by 5%, 10%, depending on information that we get from all the utility companies. So usually they'll send us some kind of tier rate for or forecasting for the next five years, so that's what we try to implement on the budget. Thank you, that Thank is you. excellent. And my, my second question is uh, partially the same as, uh, as Council Member Harnick. Those, uh, the, the concrete material, it, uh, it has been eroding and it will continue to get worse. Um, there was a conversation that I had with, um, and I believe you were there with West Coast Arborist mm -hmm. about how there is the potential to add new benches with entirely composted material and, and wood that's reproduced and or the excess wood that would make it durable and sustainable. Is that something that could be explored in the future? Is that a similar cost? Um, any thoughts? Yeah, and that's something that, based on our conversation, I did speak with West Coast. I asked them to give give me a menu of what they do offer. Um, and once we have that, that's something that we could certainly um, bring back up to um, to council or the uh, even the merchants association there to see if they'd be interested. Thank you. Are there are other further questions. I believe I have the, the streets. So the streets. Uh, our initiatives for next uh, fiscal year is really to, um, like Martine mentioned, make earlier, make improvements at the corporation yard. It's outdated. Uh, we want to make rep uh, improvements to the um, break room, uh, add LED lights, um, paint. It's, it's an old paint palette out there, so we really want to um, make that uh, enjoyable for the, for the team. Also, we want to give them the tools needed um, to um, uh, to work properly. So we uh, are requesting some purchases of some uh, equipment, graffiti truck, uh, concrete truck, a mini excavator. And we're also going to develop an RFP um, to help augment the street staff. Um, they, uh, they seem to get a little behind because all the sandstorms and whatnot and other projects get put on the back burner. So we're hoping to put a uh, concrete removal and replacement project, but that project will not only be for public works, it will also be, uh, be in, with capital uh, projects with Jess and his team, Desert Willow and our housing authority. So this is a way where we're gonna bundle uh, this project to encompass several uh, departments. 
cost containment measures. Uh, we installed fencing all throughout the north uh, section of the city uh, that has helped. And now we are also um, using uh, recycled palm mulch to help mitigate the sand. And we are also waiting on an electric street, a street sweeper that will be here on, in October to help with a narrow area such as the CV Link uh, bike. Uh, right now the crews are doing everything by hand. So this way it, it'll speed things up. So we go to the budget. Um, there is our increases, um, graffiti, uh, paint sprayer, that was an increase, uh, salaries, uh, supplies and materials, uh, extra street sweeping. Uh, we're actually still uh, tackling that as we speak. Um, contractual service increase, our vendors again for prevailing wage uh, uh, purposes are requesting increases. And also the $100,000, that's part of this uh, new program. We're implementing the uh, concrete re removal and replacement program. And I'll turn this over to Martine. Again, um, this is the last uh, of our divisions, which con consists of traffic. Uh, uh, traffic team consists of four staff members. Uh, major, major initiatives for fiscal year 23-24, um, like I mentioned before, we're going to continue to uh, implement our neighborhood traffic management program through all various uh, neighborhoods in the city. Um, we're going to be coordinating, continue to coordinate with CVAG as we are looking into phase two of the CV sync. That is the coordination of all signals throughout the city uh, with video detection systems um, and new software so that we can manage uh, electronically and virtually uh, some of these adjustments that we have for our signals uh, throughout the city. Phase one uh, has been completed and we're currently in a training mode with CVAG uh, before it gets officially turned over to city staff. And that uh, project consists of uh, all signals on Highway 111 and all signals on Washington Street. Uh, under cost containment measures, um, again, we're gonna be looking and have uh, purchased equipment to have on, on staff, for staff to have available in case a cabinet gets damaged or something goes wrong. Having this equipment and materials um, on, on, uh, on board uh, helps with reducing costs for cost increases in the future and also helps us uh, implement projects a lot faster uh, with not having to wait for lead times uh, for new materials. Um, and again, we're gonna be working with our software, our cartograph to uh, implement the asset management of all of our traffic systems and, and equipment so that we have everything uh, documented and ready to replace uh, when needed. Next slide. Um, under the budget, uh, not a big increase um, overall, um, but we have uh, some increase in costs um, in uh, material and supplies. We have some uh, utility costs that have, of course, gone up as well. Um, and also, uh, we're going to be buying some equipment to help us better manage our signals, like a traffic equipment locators. That's for wiring locators and fiber optic cable testing equipment. So uh, that is, in general, um, the overview for traffic, and happy to answer any questions. I don't see any.
That concludes our budget presentation. And if there aren't any other questions, I personally would just like to thank the staff for all their hard work in putting this together and helping me um, get these numbers out. Any personal um, extra thank you to our Zen master in the finance department, Liberty Urban, who helped me remain calm throughout this whole process. Well, uh, kudos to you and your team and to the whole staff, I think uh, you've really further refined a system that's been evolving these last couple of years to be as efficient as possible. Um, very digestible for us, lots of important information communicated in short order. So thank you. We appreciate all of that efficiency. I echo that our staff makes this whole city just beautiful and runs smoothly. So that is all the gratitude to you and every person that contributed to the data. I know data collection is immensely burdensome, but it gets us to the state where we are now. And with this, we'll be able to look at what are the crucial emergency needs, what are the wish lists, and how to navigate everything in between. And thank you for providing the um, the ordinance um, information very, very quickly that helps frame things. So thanks again, my deepest gratitude. Thank you everybody, Mayor. Bye.